You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. This week, we're talking about podcasting. So just to fill you in, every Sunday night at 7 p.m. on Twitter, I host the Goal Chat Twitter chat. Every Monday at 4 p.m., I do Goal Chat Live, my live broadcast. So this, the Deb Show podcast, is some of my favorite interviews from Goal Chat Live, represented to you podcast-loving people. So this week, we're talking about podcasting with podcast whisperer, Michelle Elise Abraham. Michelle is a podcast producer, a host, and a whole ton of other awesome podcast-related things. And I'm just going to let her introduce herself. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Deborah, for having me. It's been nice. You were on my show a few weeks ago, so it's so nice to be on your show now. So yes, uh, I have a company called Amplify You where we help people uh, launch and manage their podcast so they can stick in their zone of content creation, their zone of genius. So they can just record the episode and we'll do the rest. And then uh, my, my, my podcast coach, founder and I, Evans, we really help podcasts get to the next level through monetization and really optimizing your show. Why don't you tell everybody uh, your, a little bit about your journey and how you became this, um, I guess, podcast whisperer? <laughs> sure, yeah, I can be called the podcast whisperer. That's awesome. Well, I was actually a, um, a new mom. I found myself being a new mom after I'd had a really successful fitness business in a location and several locations, actually, and lots of staff. And I found myself at home with a new baby going, my business brain has gone to bush. And so I remember turning on the Apple TV and I was like, what's that purple thing on the Apple TV? I want to see what's on there. So I turned it on and sure enough, there was a eventual millionaire by Jamie Tardy and um, online marketing made easy by Amy Porterfield is just was just starting with brand new shows then and I was like oh this is back in 2012 by the way way before most people knew anything about what podcasting was because I turned to my mom friends what shows are you listening to mm, what are you talking about <laughs> and so I found myself listening to this podcast and I was getting motivated I put my earbuds on and take my son for a walk and I felt like I could be learning while still being a great mom and being present and playing on the floor or going for a drive, we could be learning things. And, you know, so I became an avid listener and I'd wait every Monday morning for that show to drop. And I remember as a listener, if that show didn't drop on a Monday morning, I'd be pretty disappointed. <laughs> so I always like to say now, like several years later, 
the podcasting, I think, probably saved me from postpartum depression uh, as a listener. And then I saw this medium as something that nobody knew what I was talking about, but it was in my car. It was on my iPhone. It was on my Apple TV. It was already in places that I was already going to. So I thought this cannot be going, this cannot go anywhere but up from here. I'm sure this is just something that's ahead of its time at the moment. And I'm sure it's going to get super popular. Um, as it has. I mean, I, even 10 years later, I'd say it's still only in its infancy stages just now. Oh, and it's, it's, it's fun, right? It is. <laughs> my clients say it's their most favorite thing that they do in their business each week. And I agree. It's my most favorite thing to do too. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that, that I love about it. And, and so I have the, I hosted the guide to goals podcast from 2015 to 2016. And then I really wanted to get my blogging book out and I couldn't do everything. So I'm like, okay, season one, put a pin in it, work on other things. So I've had two books come out since then, the, the self-published and then your goal guide, which came out uh, just over a year ago. And now it, and this live show has been going for about a year. So it's, a, am I a content junkie or, <laughs> or what? What is, what is the, what is the pull of a podcast? I remember as a listener, I'd be like, I felt like I could go up and give those hosts like a huge hug if I saw them at a conference or something. Like, they knew them so well, right? So it really allows you to build that like trust with your listeners and they get to know you really well. And, um, you know, it makes for a very easy segue into your business. I mean, most of the 99% of the podcasters we work with are are podcasters that are in, um, they're entrepreneurs, they're in it to work on their own business, they're, they want to see a return on their investment and their own time and everything. And so they're not out there like looking for the millions of downloads and the gangbuster ads and all that kind of stuff. They're more like looking for it as like a really great way to, a really great tool to add into the ecosystem of their business. It's fun because it's also sort of like, um, it's like a free pass to talk to anybody. What are some of the other benefits of podcasting? Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, that's one of my favorite things is that it actually is like you get a you're part of the media. So you get a media pass where you can like actually reach out and um, have a conversation with people um, who you wouldn't necessarily n normally be able to reach out and have a conversation with. So it's those before and after the recording conversations that move the needle on a lot of relationships. And so it's a great relationship building tool, I think. Um, not only is it great for your visibility, it's great for positioning yourself as an expert, but it's those relationships that you're building uh, while you're while you're being the expert and or going out there and interviewing other experts, I think is invaluable. Do you have like a favorite story of a person that you met through a podcast or like a top three? You probably have like dozens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so many cool things. I mean, um, one of my uh, one of my favorite clients, uh, Hillary De Caesar, she was on the show um, Secret Millionaire, and she's got people on her podcast now, like John Asroff and um, John Gray, and like some amazing people. And what she's really doing in her uh, her show, um, she came to me and was like, uh, "I want to do this as invulnerable as possible, and I want to do this in front of my whole of my whole audience." I was like, "Okay, well, that's something different." And so what we did is we went live every single day in a, in a Facebook group of her clients, and she was super vulnerable. I coached her through the whole process, and in 21 days, she had a podcast, and she's just going on celebrating her her first year anniversary, and they went on the show as the uh, first year anniversary. But that was really a cool experience and a really cool relationship that we started uh, from doing those lives all together. Now we've continued on um, into other aspects of business. And, you know, I've become a client of hers and, 
and she's referred all the clients to us. And it's just, it was the beginning of a great relationship. And that's just one of my millions of examples of really cool people that you get to meet when you're podcasting. It's an intro to meet new people who could become clients or could refer clients and whatever. And you know this about me and anybody who's heard me talk in any kind of conversation knows this is networking really is the key to mm -hmm. expanding your business, but also reaching your goals because you can't achieve your goals alone. And what you're saying is podcasting is, is like a huge cog into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a great relationship building tool. And one of my favorite things about it is that you get to lead with service first. So you get to say, Hey, Deborah, I want to get to know you better. I want to invite you on my podcast. So maybe I don't know you that well. And I want to find out, you know, we have, maybe we have some potential collaborations or we have similar kind of audiences when I get to know you better. So I invite you on my podcast to get to know you better. And, you know, I think that's one of the greatest things because you get to lead first instead of being like, can I please be on your podcast? You know, that kind of thing, you know, it's a, it's a, I think it's a much nicer way for me. Anyways, I love doing it where I get to serve first and, and offer first. So it's the invitation. So look at people who, who you feel some sort of connection with mm -hmm. that you want to develop a relationship with for whatever reason and see where it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, okay. I always think of the podcast as like the beginning of the relationship and think about all those coffee dates you used to go on. Well, people don't have time for no, no, no matter that we can't actually meet in person anymore either, but like you can't do those coffee dates as much anymore. So this is a really good opportunity. And think of people who have um, something coming out in the world, like Deborah, when your books were launching, you'd be a perfect person to reach out to, to go on a podcast or, you know, when you have something big coming up or you have something, you know, if I, I remember one of my first podcasting experiences as a media person was I got to live podcast in the back of a social media conference with hundreds and hundreds of people. But every person that came off stage, I got to interview on my podcast. So there was no other way I would have gone in for free to a conference like that, got to be a media, a media person, and then got to interview every one of those uh, speakers on from stage from my podcast. Like that was a really cool opportunity that came from podcasting. I love that. And I also love the whole, a podcast can be anything. So your client mm -hmm. slash friend slash whatever, she went live for, you said three weeks. And from that, she created a podcast. I'm talking about uh, repackaging my lives into a podcast, which is going to be similar, but not the same. Mm -hmm. What are some other creative ways to create podcast material? Mm, yes, especially those authors out there that are sitting on gold mines of content. You can start reading parts of your chapters of your book and turn that into a podcast. Um, you can also start using the frequently asked questions that you get from clients, customers, patients, you know, whatever kind of industry you're in. Think about what people are asking you all the time um, and turning those into great um, content. And um, in the parenting space, there's a parenting podcast um, by Amy Lang, and it's called The Birds and the Bees. Um, and kids. And what she has done is she's gotten parents to call into this number and ask their most embarrassing questions. So then she plays those questions on her podcast and answers them live then. Uh, so it's just like an old school radio show where you call into you, but it's all pre-recorded. And it's such a cool, um, it's such a cool play of doing that. I think that was a pretty interesting uh, way. So the cool thing about podcasting is that Right now, the world's your oyster, that it's open for creativity. There are so many 
interesting different ways that you can do things. And there's so many different kinds of content that you could talk about that I think makes it something that's available to everyone. And one of the things that, that we talked about when we were deciding on what we were, well, obviously it was going to be podcasting because it is you, is um, you have a whole system of uh, podcasting and productivity. So please mm-hmm. tell me more. Yeah, so we have a whole system where we help our podcasters um, manage their show in a, a systematized way so that really all they have to do is record. And then we have the plan set up so that their content gets created, it gets um, edited, it gets published, it gets syndicated out and it gets put back into the world um, how it should be. So we have that whole systematized in a really, you know, really great way. But I think one of the one of the most uh, efficient ways of looking at podcasting. So that's the management once the show is already already going. And I think one of the things that I see people stopping themselves from doing a podcast is the thought that it's going to take so much more time. And it's like, oh, another social media channel that we have to do, Deborah. Like, really, do we have to do this social media channel like TikTok and all the others that we got going on and now Clubhouse and everything? Like, it's overwhelming, right? So actually, if we think about podcasting, and this is where the productivity hack comes in, and we think about podcasting as the hub for all of your content for a whole month, and you start with um, a couple of hours sitting down, recording some episodes at the beginning of the month, then you can turn those episodes and utilize them in so many different ways and cutting pieces out of them and blog posts and transcripts and all sorts of things, especially if you start with video Uh, first. And, you know, that covers a lot of your social media. It covers a lot of your content for the entire month that you really don't need to worry about it. And then after you get going a few months down the road, don't forget, now you have all these older episodes that you can also bring back up and repurpose again, even though they're a few months old, nobody, maybe somebody missed them. So bringing back up those old episodes again. So now you have this productivity hack that's getting your content for the entire month done using podcasting um, and then syndicating it out to all the other platforms. Wow. So evergreen content then is better, right? Or not really, because sometimes you want to be trendy. So, so how do you walk that line? I think where it gets tricky is if we start talking about current events in our podcasts, because podcasts are so evergreen. So if someone's coming back and listening to that podcast a year from now, I was very apprehensive about talking about the pandemic at first because I was like, ooh, I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to last. And like, you know, people want to come back and listen to it in a year. And, you know, we're talking about this thing. So, you know, I think current events are tricky. Um, and if you want to keep your podcast as evergreen as possible, because you're going to get longevity out of it. So if there was something that you're mentioning that, you know, I don't know, some, some major current events that's going on that you don't want it it, there in a couple of years. So now you might want to look at taking those back down after a while, but you know, for the most part, uh, having a theme, I think is great. I think that's a great idea. And having people connected to those themes is also awesome. Having your guests connect to those themes. That's perfect. That makes perfect sense. It's just that current event stuff that kind of makes it less evergreen sometimes. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Would it make sense for me as a strategy then to work ahead? So I create my content in April and then it is new podcast content in May. Yeah, I think that works good because you have to remember people are probably as much as they love us, not going to listen to us on a live and read about it and also look at it on social media. And even if they do, they're probably not going to remember that same content. And 
in, in again, they probably need to hear that content several times anyway. So I think if you're worried about people recognizing that same content from the month before on the lives in a podcast, I say, don't worry about it. That's totally fine. You're, you're not going to have any sort of problems with that. Put it out at a speed that you can keep consistent with it over, over long term. So podcasting is a long-term game with um, the strategy of return on your investment is a little bit of a longer-term game as well. And you're going to see those months where your download numbers are going to start to double and then double and then double. The other thing that I saw is I looked at my my numbers for the first time in a while as I'm preparing and I still have downloads, like recent ones. I got a review as recently as last year, which I thought was pretty awesome for a podcast that's been on hiatus since 2016. Talk a little bit more about the longevity aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, that's actually lucky that it's still there. And I guess that you're getting listeners to yeah, that show still so that Apple's not taking it down. Because for a while there, they were taking down all the inactive shows that are out there. And what the, the new statistic is, is that there's over 2.1 million shows live. Um, but there's actually only 700,000 shows with more than three episodes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I have 41. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like bucking the system without even trying. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I had a, my friend Scott, he had a, he did a real uh, weight loss podcast back in 2000 and he was still getting 20 years later, people emailing him, thanking him for his show and like how much it changed his life and stuff. So, you know, I think if, as long as Apple doesn't take it down, I think that's fantastic. If you want to really make sure Apple doesn't take it down, put it somewhere else too. So it's still connected to a website or keep sending traffic there or, um, you know, add in a new episode every couple of months and then it looks more current, right? So uh, I think that's also another strategy there. I'm relaunching my podcast. I want to keep the same feed, but I want to rebrand. So what do I need to do to do that? Yeah, it's a perfect segue for a new season, as I like to say. So sometimes we go into podcasting thinking that it's very, um, it's very strict and not, it can be fluid. Um, I like to say podcasting is fluid because it is going to change over time, which is why we're seeing shows pod fade at 12 episodes, because that's perfect time for a new season when you kind of want to change something usually, right? So mm-hmm. take that as a sign is like, yes, it's perfect timing for a new season. So keeping that same feed that you have, you can change your arc, artwork, you can change your title, you can change the episodes, you can even change the whole content itself, but at least you still have that feed that's been there for a while. So um, I think that's perfectly fine to do that. And we have clients that change their um, cover art and the name of the show every season. <laughs> really? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So the feed stays the same. Now, what about the slug? Does the slug change or does that the slug can never change? No. So I think me having a slug that's guided goals forever just ties back into the overarching everything of me. So I'm feeling like it's going to be win-win that I can't change it. So that part's good. Totally. For starting new seasons, do you just renumber them or just start with the two in front of the numbers? What is the trick for seasons? Yeah, there's a couple of different things that you can do. You can just start with like, um, you know, you can do like the S2... EP1, if you want to do that, you can have that number in it. But what I like to say is that that um, the part where you have like the title on iTunes is very high, high, um, highly sought after real estate. So you kind of want to actually do the title and some more keywords and stuff first and then do the numbers at the end of it. So um, it's they're not getting in the way of the of the the good the good real estate space there. Oh, so for example, so your podcast starts with Amplify You, Talks to Whomever? 
Yes. Yeah, so no, my podcast does not have that until the end because I, it's going to be either something that I want people. So for my particular show, it's a little bit different because I have two different kinds of shows. So I do um, ask the expert and then I have their name and some stuff about them. And then the, the number of the show um, or I'll have behind the mic so people can just differentiate between those two types of shows. But how did I not have those two different types of shows? I take those out all completely and just have a title with a lot of keywords, as much keywords as possible for that content in there. Because that's a really, really highly sought after real estate space. So in the keyword rich content that goes in the title and mm -hmm. in the description. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> what are other little, little podcasting hacks for getting the most out of your podcast to to get it the most visible because yes it's great for client development but some people just want to talk and they want to be found so what can people do for that yeah for sure i mean i would start first of all my number one strategy and people some people it's funny it's one of these strategies that people are like some people are like totally on board with this some people are like no what are you doing going and getting another podcast as a strategy for growing your own show um, and that is something that I feel passionate about because it's actually coming back to the reason I'm doing my podcast and that's for networking and building relationships anyways. So it's one of the activities I value as an organic outreach that's going to grow my show. So somebody who's in maybe got a show that has tons of ads in it and is just for, you know, um, it's more so like they're making a business out of their podcast rather than introducing their podcast to their business. Um, then that's maybe not the strategy for them getting on more shows or like a sports specific show or a hobby specific kind of show. Whereas I'm talking about more entrepreneurial kind of shows, kind of like with the shows right. that we have, um, that's putting on other shows is a great strategy. And coming to events like uh, like we have, the Podcasters Connect and Collaborate, where you can meet other podcasters and get on other shows and um, work, work on um, trading, you know, trading podcasts uh, time for uh, on each other's shows is, I think, a great strategy. And you get to meet new people and have a lot of fun while you're doing it, too. Wonderful. I think I, I'm going to blame your show for pushing me over the edge. So at the beginning of lockdown, mm -hmm. I was all set to start a new podcast. And then my publisher said, hey, do you want to do a cold chat live show? And for me, that felt like more of a fit mm -hmm. at the time. And as you know, I'm sure when you're doing content or creating anything, you want it to be in line with your mission. So mine is goal setting simplified. So that worked well for me. And now I'm like itching to expand one of my goals is I like to do like four launches for fun little things every year because that way I can figure out what they are. I, <laughs> I achieve my goals by being by knowing that I want to do specific actions, but I let the actions evolve. So I think that's for me, it's like, okay, the timing and then get pushed a little bit over the edge by going to your podcasters connect and collaborate <laughs> thing. What always fascinates me is every now and then I will get an email from someone hey Deb do you want to be on my show and I've done nothing and I'm not complaining but but so how do people find guests other than going to your wonderful mixer thing yeah I would go and see um what shows are similar to yours on, on iTunes and see what guests they have on 
and then see if you know any of those people. I would always start with your inner circle and start with people that you know first that do podcasting, see who you can connect with. And then if you've been on any other shows, reach out to those people whose shows you've been on and say, hey, can you think of anyone else that would be a great guest for my show? Um, you know, just use your network and, and see where you can get, how far you can get. And then there's a tons of podcasting groups. And then I have a few favorite uh, podcasting um, places. One is podcasters guest directory is good. Um, Andrew Allman puts out a, um, a daily or weekly um, newsletter where he showcases six or seven different uh, podcasts that are accepting guests. He also showcases a bunch of guests on his show. Um, I like podbooker.com. I think it's great or match.fm. Those are also great to, to find some shows in there. And then uh, podit.net is another one of my favorite ones. What advice do you have for someone starting a podcast? I mean, we talked about the different formats, but can you can you nuts and bolts it? I, I know it's like longer than like a two minute answer, but what is the first step? How does someone get started? Yeah, I think it's actually an easy answer. I think if you oh, have this inclination to do it and like there's a reason that keeps like coming up for you, right? Do it, do it, take the time to do it, but take the time to figure out what you want to talk about first. And this is something that I struggled with for like four years, probably. I couldn't figure out what I want to talk about because like I kept coming back to talking about podcasting. I'm like, no, that can't be what I want to talk about. I'm like, I want to do a podcast. I don't want to talk about podcasting. But it turned out that's what I wanted to talk about. So um, do a little bit of soul searching. Find out what you can't stop talking about is usually a good sign. What do people ask you about? And uh, what are the most frequently asked questions people are always picking your brain about? Um, that's usually a good sign that that's some of that content. Also, are you excited to talk about it? <laughs> those are some things that are good signs that those make good, um, good topics. And that's when you kind of know you're ready to start one. And I can, I can just elaborate a little bit. You can like dev method it, right? Determine the mission for your podcast, explore mm -hmm. your options, what kind of show you want, what format, what frequency, brainstorm your path, write down everything you need to do, make a plan and do it. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> so there's that. I I think that's what I talked about when I was a guest on your show. You did? Yeah, no, I love it. It's good because it fits exactly with exactly what we do with our clients. So your dead method works perfectly. But it's really for anything. Any endeavor mm -hmm. that you're looking to go into in, in one of the goal paths in my book is become a known expert. And mm -hmm. th that's the bucket that I use for write a book, start a podcast, do speaking, just anything that you need to do that you, yeah. if you want to get yourself out there, mm -hmm. you need to look at what your options are, explore what makes sense for you, and then make a plan so you're successful. Mm -hmm. So what is the second thing people need to do to start a podcast? Because I think people get really, really, um, they get caught up in the details. Yeah, I well, I see there's four things that stop people from launching a podcast. And I think the next step has to do with all four of these things. And so those are one, um, get to know your technology <laughs> is not fearful. You do not need a whole table full of technology. All you need is a microphone and a computer. <laughs> and so, you know, realizing that technology is not so scary. Um, number two is um, getting over your fear of um, being seen and heard. Um, because a lot of our podcasters are the best kept secrets out there. And um, now is your time to step up and, and share your message with the world. Um, so 
getting over that it requires you to get into action. <laughs> so uh, yeah, getting over your fear of uh, being seen and heard, getting over the fear of technology, uh, realizing it doesn't take as much time as you thought that it's going to take. So by using that productivity hack that we talked about earlier, and bashing all your content at the beginning of the month, it's going to save you a ton of time. And the last one is analysis paralysis. So people get into this analysis paralysis of they didn't do the dead method properly, Deb. They, oh, they no. are overthinking it and um, they just can't get into action because it's not perfect. So uh, putting your podcast out there when it's not perfect is how you should do it. Because if you're not embarrassed by your first few episodes a year in, then you waited too long to do it. So <laughs> that's kind of our thoughts on those getting into action. Just start doing uh, break it down. And like I said, like using your goal method is the perfect way of breaking down all those things that you need to do to put together a podcast into small pieces that feel more realistic and less of a huge chunk, more of a bite-sized piece and um, feel like they're more of a, a easily consumable. These are tips to get people to start a podcast. What recommendations do you have for people who want to be guests on a podcast? Awesome. Do you yeah, those things you said before? Those are pretty similar. Yeah, they're pretty similar, except for they require just a little bit less work <laughs> uh, to get yourself out there as a guest rather than a podcaster. Um, a little bit less in the preparation stage, which is good. But still, what you want to do is um, we call something called the get notice formula. So we want you to go out there and get noticed. So if there's a particular show that you want to go on, go first of all, listen to it, make sure it fits with what you want to talk about. Um, then make sure they have the same sort of audience you would like to speak to. Then I would make sure you subscribe or follow and review the show. Uh, give them a review because podcasters are always watching those reviews. So they're going to see your name pop up there and be like, oh, that's awesome. I got a review from, from Deborah." And then when Deborah's name pops up on social media later, it's now you're following them on social media and commenting or engaging. They'll be like, oh, that was the Deborah that gave us a really awesome review. So then when your email comes through saying, hey, I love your show. This is what I really like about it. I noticed you love Black Labs. Me too. Uh, this is a picture of mine. And I noticed on your last episode, you talked to someone about podcasting where she talks about how to launch the show. Well, I think a perfect segue, it would be how to monetize the show. And this is what I can offer you, blah, 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 blah. And I think that would be great. If you're interested, let me know. Here's a little bit more about me. And so then you're leading with what is it about their show? Think their audience would enjoy it. You've listened to their show. You find some common ground with them. And that's all part of the get notice formula. I, I think there's probably like a balance because you want to be like, oh, I love your show. But yeah. you also want to come off as I love your show for this reason. And yeah. I want to be I think I make the perfect guest because of this. So you're showing yeah. that you listened and you know them, mm -hmm. but also how you add value to them. Yeah, showing how you can add value to them is huge because um, if I go on something like Podbooker and I put my profile out there for my show, I'll get 25 inquiries to be guests on my show. And it's all about them, all about them, all about them. Most of them don't even spell my name right. They've not listened to the show. They have no clue what the show is even topic, topic is. Like it's brutal. So if you can do those four things, you're like miles ahead of everybody else out there. <laughs> it's just, just slapping together, cut and pasting, copy and pasting. And obviously, and also too, when you copy and paste email to email, uh, you can see it, it throws a different color. So just FYI out there, anyone who is doing that speeder, speeder emailing. <laughs> and the other thing too is 
don't don't shortchange the time you take. I right. love that you said that because you spend all this time together to put together a good pitch. Make sure there are no typos. Make mm-hmm. sure you have the right host and you're not typoing their name and be relevant so you don't end up on their naughty list. Yeah, exactly. You want, you know, and that's why we suggest going to do those few things first, because then you're on their radar already. And chances are, it depends on the type of show, but your chances are it's their assistant that's seeing those things, not necessarily the host. So it's, you know, it's once you're in with the assistant, that's always a good thing, right? Because the assistant will notice that you've said those things that are really relevant and important to them. Makes their job easier too. That's such a good point. You want to be like the perfect, easiest guest. Yeah, and then you want to promote the heck out of the show afterwards, so they're very happy with you. And that. <laughs> Excellent. And so what didn't I ask you about podcasting? I'm sure a ton. Okay, so I would say, um, you know, really think about podcasting. Um, think about podcasting before you start. Um, really think about it. There's a lot of strategy that goes into a show uh, right from the get-go that if you don't know or understand, then you can totally waste a lot of time. So um, we we have this, and this comes from a lot of clients that a year or two into their show, they come back to us and say, my podcast is here, my business is here, they don't talk to each other. So (laughs) my one bit of advice uh, on that note is make sure people know how they can work with you uh, if that's something they'd like to do beyond the show. And it sounds ridiculous that that would be something that you forget. But even on my own show, I my call I don't have very good calls to action as to how to work with me. So um, it is something that we get so wrapped up and excited about the show and the content that sometimes we forget to tell people. Literally, we may see it throughout the show, but we may forget to actually tell them how to find out how to work with us. I think the call to action is something people trip over because they think the call to action is to subscribe. And it is, but you also want to be able to connect with people. You need to have, I guess, primary and secondary calls to action as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, I would say the primary ones, like you should be talking about it throughout the whole show, even bringing on, like if you're a coach, bring on clients and show them what you do. Um, Our behind the mic interview is all about people who have launched their shows with us and so we get to tell their story, which is really great. turns out to be a really good testimonial for us too. So thinking of creative ways that you can um, bring people in to your show and let them know how to work with you. Um, and then also having a couple of calls to action without confusing people, but have a main place where they go. Like for us, it's our podcasters toolkit or my podcast coach Facebook group. So those are the two places to really connect with people and just be consistent with those. You can go to thedevmethod.com slash blog to read the recap and get the notes and get all of the links. And if you need help with your goals, you can grab a copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning and achieving your goals. It's your goal guide book. Dot com on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. And you can learn more about me and my coaching at thedevmethod.com. So how did I do? Was that good? Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> good calls to action. I like it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So now we need to give the bonus goals. Let's go backwards. What is a good goal for someone who wants to be a podcast guest? Yeah, for being a podcast guest, Good goal would be number one, go and listen to five shows that you want to be on. And if they're still, if you still want to be on them after you've, after you've listened, uh, review their show, give them a review, subscribe, and then follow them on social media. I love that you give 
extra details to your goals because you're just like, hey, this is why we are friends. Okay, so for podcast guest goal, go and listen to five shows that you want to be on. If you still like them, subscribe and review. Mm-hmm. Excellent. New podcaster goal. What is good for them? Okay, so someone who is uh, in the pre-launch stage of their show, um, a goal, a good goal would be to test your content. So write down, spend 10 minutes on the clock and write down without stopping as many ideas for show content as you can. Oh, that's so awesome. I love brainstorming. And then if you don't have enough content, you're like, okay, go back. Got to dig a little deeper. We say I got to peel the onion back a little further. Once you hit that sweet spot, you can't stop talking about that content and the content ideas are endless. So remember, you're trying to cast a larger net out there to bring people into your world. And for someone who has an established show, what is one thing that they can do to level up a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to challenge them to batch four episodes ahead this month. And if they already do that, I can give them a secondary goal for for a podcaster who's established is go to listennotes.com and find out what your listen score is on your show. Wait, tell me more about this. So what you can do is that they've given you a rating in the globe. So like so a lot of our shows are in the top 1% or 0.1% or 0.5% or top 10% a global ranking. So that's based against all the 2.1 million shows that are out there. They're going to tell you what your what percentage your global rank is for your show. And oftentimes it's a lot higher than people think that their show is a lot better than their show. And it just gives you a good boost of confidence. <laughs> oh, well, I'm all about the, the motivation behind it. So that, that sounds right. perfect. And <laughs> I, w- I would imagine if you've done multiple episodes, you're go- your score is going to be good because you've been doing consistent, right? Yeah, exactly. And I guess the extra bonus goal is to join the podcasters group because it's fun. Because you can never know enough of your people. That's right. Awesome people there only. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Michelle Elise Abraham, for spilling all these wonderful podcast secrets. Do you have one final thing you want to leave our listeners with? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I'm just thinking we got to dig deep for this one. (laughs) I've got so many good ones out there for you guys. Um, I think that um, have fun with your podcast. I mean, this is your opportunity to get heard in the world. And if you feel like it's like you're not sure about your story or you're like, you don't think anyone's going to listen, you don't have anything good to say, just remember that you're put on this earth because you have a story and you have a message to share with the world. And you don't know who is listening on the other end. If you change just that one person's life, I can't tell you how many of our podcasters get emails. From, you know, I was about to commit suicide or I was about to do this and your podcast changed my life. So thank you. So just keep that in mind and you're out there, you're out there to share your story and you have, you've been put here on this earth to share a message and it's going to make an impact in someone's life. So that's your, that's your job. Wow. That's amazing. So if for no other reason that, because you never know who's listening and who you might be helping. I love it. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me today. Thanks everyone for soaking up all this great information. Again, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of your goal guide and founder of the Deb Method. And join me, you can join me for the Goal Chat Twitter chat every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific, every Monday at 4 p.m. for another awesome Goal Chat Live. Go out there, podcast, and remember, you can do it. 
Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.